Welcome into the money line. Today it is Friday, November 6th. This is what Trevor just called an OG episode. It's just me and Trevor, no Griffin. He is he is gone. I honestly don't know where he's at. Trevor probably does, but the way the way things should be. <laughs> Griffin is actually working his first ever job. Yeah, yeah, I I know that. So it, it it's a it's a monumental day for him. But we were just talking here before we started recording. This is truly a sad day. It is a, it is truly a sad weekend for college football. We have. For our show, we love to finish our show with the support the troops segment. We have not one but two things that got in the way of us supporting the troops this weekend. So first of all, no Air Force Army game. That game was canceled due to COVID. Then I just broke the news literally a minute ago to Trevor that there is no Indiana salute to service uniforms this weekend because they would contrast too sharply with the road Michigan whites. So Trevor, I'll ask you which which of the two uh, sets of news upsets you more. It has to be the Army Air Force game being canceled. That's tough. That is tough news. I was looking forward to Indiana wearing those jerseys, but if 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 they wanna if they wanna say in that, I mean, I'm sure we'll see them down those jerseys down the line at some point. I would I'd have to believe. They said that they will, they are, the end of the press release was, we are looking forward to wearing these uniforms later this season. So. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Just have Michigan wear a different color. Like put Michigan in some like army blue. That would be sick. I, yeah, because now I'm thinking it's like, they, I guess, I guess what happened is Michigan made the road trip to Bloomington and they got there. And they like held the jerseys up next to each other and they were like, this doesn't look right. So they're going to have to hope that somebody or they're, they're either going to have to wear them on the road, which I don't know if they can do that, or they are going to have to tell a team to bring their home jerseys to Bloomington, which it'll happen. I'm sure we'll see the jerseys at some point. There are some pretty good looking jerseys. I, I really like them. I, they I just. Know. I don't know how you feel about them, but I really liked them. I would like them if they went all in and did like a different helmet too, but I didn't see that as part of the plan, but who knows. But it is college football week 10. I went 8-10 and 10 overall last week between the NFL and college football. That brings my record. We are trending in the wrong direction. Two straight losing weeks, 80-78-3 and three on the season. Um Gabe's guarantee lost again. We're at three, four, and one. That parlay of the week lost. That's one and two, but it's four. It's up five units, four point nine six units to be exact. But the big news: the first game we're going to talk about on the college football slate. The Pac-12 is back. Hey, I was fourteen and four, by the way. Thanks for asking. I didn't ask because at this point, I've just given up on you keeping track of your picks. But if you went fourteen and four, congratulations. Fourteen and four, baby. People can't see it at home, but they're you're holding I got up the picks. X's through your parlay and Griffin's parlay because they were both losers. It, well, I think mine would have won if what went wrong. I had the Packers and they lost, and I had lost. I had Oklahoma State. Oh, and Michigan. So okay, <laughs> I never had a chance. Packers lost. <laughs> I never had a chance. Nope, never did. All right. Well, college football week 10, it kicks off tonight. There's BYU and Boise State. We are not going to break that game down uh, because it will be dated at this point. I would believe the – I am about to tweet out my picks from the the Moneyline Twitter account. 
my only pick of the night is I've got four and a half units on the over of 62. Four and a half dollars? No, that's not a unit for me. <laughs> oh, my bad for disrespecting you then. <laughs> but but uh, I will just say follow the show at the Moneyline underscore HC for more of our picks at, throughout the weekend. Let's get it going, though. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Oh, can I read my picture tonight? Jeez. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I have a three-team parlay. Tell me if you like this, Gaber. BYU Moneyline, that one is going to be tough. It's going to be close. I like that, though. San Diego State money line at home versus San Jose State. San Jose State, who is two and zero, great team. And then Miami, Florida, uh, NC State over fifty nine. I like that. That's three team parlay. I think the other thing we have to talk about real quick is uh, NC State's Wolf. It's it's dead. Tuffy two. It is, what was yeah? What's his name? Tuffy. Tuffy two. Hmm. You think there's going to be a third, or do they change the name? No, they're definitely – once you go Tuffy and then you put, like, instead of Tuffy Jr., you put Tuffy, like, the two the two Roman numerals is I-I. You're, oh, going, you're going to Tuffy – Tuffy 3 is on the way. Here's what I want to know. I want to know how they get the wolf. Like, do they go out into the wild and capture one? Do they get one that's already been captured? And if you are that wolf, isn't that a little embarrassing that you have to be the wolf that is NC State's mascot? Well, it's – I would assume that they – I mean, I don't want to accuse them of something, but I would assume that they are breeding these animals. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if the university has any integrity, I would hope that it's coming from the same uh, – <laughs> the same uh i don't know what gender the dog is but mother of mother <laughs> i'm guessing by the name and i don't want to be sexist or anything it's a goddamn wolf but it sounds like it's a guy you can never be about to get in trouble <laughs> you can never be too sure let's yeah let's get ourselves out of trouble here let's start talking about the action on the field tomorrow morning um, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. local kickoff. It's 10 a.m. for you on the West on in Arizona. ASU, the Sun Devils are back in action. The Pac-12 is getting going. Fox Big Noon kickoff. They're traveling to number 20 USC. The over/under is 56 and a half. ASU is an 11-point underdog. So, Trevor, they have ASU is debuting a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, or co-defensive coordinators between Marvin Lewis and Marvin uh, and Antonio Pierce, excuse me. USC has a new defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. He got fired by Texas last year. And then we have Jaden Daniels and Keaton Slovis. So those are kind of the storylines, the background behind the game. I personally have done a lot of looking into this. Um, I have a question for you. Um, Can you talk about this game or do we need to stay away from that? No, I can talk about this game. I'm going to to be transparent with people. I will say I'm not putting money on this game because I don't put money on ASU games because I cover the team. But I will tell you what I would pick at, if I could. Mm. <laughs> so that's that's where we will stand, Trevor. Yeah, the but, money line's getting into some sketchy businesses. No, this is the same thing that happened last year with the or- when we had Oregon and ASU. And I said – I. 
I would hate for a Devil's Digest to like just open up an investigation into Gabe Swartz. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think I'm pretty clean. Here's here's the deal though. Um, among those Daniels versus Slovis, um, the fact that last year ASU only lost by five points without Jaden Daniels. They played Joey Yellen because Daniels had a knee injury or the, the, the new coordinator situations, what is the uh, storyline that you're watching the most? Uh, I just want to see how ASU's offense looks. They lost, of course, Eno. Uh, they lost Ayuk. Jaden Daniels in his second year, of course. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how the offense looks. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you. I haven't heard much about the defense, but I'm not really expecting it to look pretty tomorrow, especially week one. Is our defense supposed to be good? Yeah, ASU. I think ASU's defense is expected to be better than the offense still okay. because, okay. well, there's so much returning. So they get Chase Lucas returns. He's going to be starting at corner for the fourth straight year. Jack he's Jones. He's number one corner, right? I think it's going to be Jack Jones is going to be the best corner. He was named to the second team All-Pac-12 team. Um, they really like what he's doing. He's changing his number to zero. Uh Peyton said he was calling him Agent Zero. I call. I said I'm just gonna call him uh, Cero, like the the Spanish Cero. Spanish Zero. That's oh, my man. nickname for him. And um, and between that and the fact that Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis were in the building last year, I think that the fact that they're they're making a scheme change. I don't think the scheme change is nearly as hard to do with a, with two guys that are co-defensive coordinating who have already been in the building and already knew the guys. And, and then on offense, I think that they'll just adjust well because it's, it's Jaden Daniels. He's super talented. And Zach Hill, the new offensive coordinator was really good. His first year at Boise state when he had Brett Rippon um, and put up tons of points. Brett Rippon was, I think the mountain West player of the year or the leading passer the first year that Zach Hill was, in Boise in 2016. So I would expect ASU like this. I've done a lot of, of, of looking at this line and ASU plus 11 feels so easy that either Vegas knows something or we're just like way off. But I think ASU plus 11 is the move. And I'm going to also take under, under 56 and a half would be my play large part because I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow. And I think that hmm with the air raid system that USC runs and the fact that ASU's probably most consistent, strongest uh, position groups defensively goes cornerback, linebacker, defensive line. I think that they're going to be able to slow things down and the under is going to cash here. Yeah. So it's going to be 58, 58 and rainy. It looks like. Yeah. 80% chance of rain with a little bit of wind. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. I, you're right. Either Vegas knows something that we don't or this, or this it, line is just dumb. It, it feels too easy. Plus 11. And the fact that it's even moved, it's moved backwards. It's moved from plus 10 and a half to plus 11. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been on, I was on them plus 10 and a half. I'm going to be on them plus 11. I like personally, I like the over just because of what we've been talking about all year early in the season. A lot of overs were going over this while it's college football week, eight, seven or eight, nine and 10 for everybody else. But yeah, 
it's Pac-12 week one. So I, I don't know. I think we're going to see some good amount, good amount of offense. I can't imagine that it'll be raining the whole entire game out in California, but now it'll just be a rainstorm. The whole yeah, time. I love, I love the devils plus plus 11. Now I'd, I'd hammer that. Are you going to sprinkle on money line? Cause they're plus 300. Yeah, absolutely. There. Absolutely. Okay. I think you would. No question. <laughs> I figured you would. Um, the other thing we've, I, I mean, we've seen a couple games on the East Coast where Army, I think, has kicked off at like ten thirty a.m. before, but we've never seen a nine a.m. local time kick. And I don't, I don't know because there's been a lot going into this as far as they want to get the exposure, they want to be on big noon kickoff. Um, ASU practices at nine in the morning, usually, um, or not usually, always, because they want to avoid the heat. So I think they're going to be pretty adjusted. It's just a matter of the fact that they're going to have to be up at 4.45 a.m. for the pregame meal. Um, I don't know what time USC normally practices during the day, but I would anticipate they'd be smart enough that they've adjusted that so that they'd be ready body clockwise. But this is truly an experiment we've never seen, and we – so we really have never, ever – there's never been a game where people have bet on a 9 a.m. kickoff. So – Well, the other thing is I probably 90, 95% of these kids have never played a game of football this early in their life. Well, probably not since, like, peewee football in third yeah, grade where they get up – Yeah, like exactly. Like a, a real game, like a yeah. football here. We're talking – you know, 9 a.m. is – it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. So we're, this is truly a venture into the unknown. Um, there's so much uncertainty, but I'm just glad we're going to get to see ASU on the field again. The second game of the week is a, the last two games of, of our biggest games of the week that we're going to talk about are top 10 matchups. So we've got number eight, Florida, number five, Georgia. I remember last year you gave – a lot of a, a lot a lot of information about oranges about peaches florida plus three and a half georgia the over under is 53 for the total i will just give you these stats over is five and one in florida's last six games so does that influence anything do you think that florida's offense is capable of putting up points against georgia's defense and do you have any additional facts about peaches, oranges, citrus, whatever? No, sadly, I got all those facts off my chest last year, and I have nothing new to bring because, sadly, there's nothing new with uh, peaches and oranges that we've figured out. But I'm going to get this one out of the way first. I like the over 52. I know Georgia's defense is insane. I think that – Florida's offense is also really good. I think Alabama was able to put points on them easily. I'm not saying Florida is Alabama, but I do think they're going to be able to put up enough points on the board to cover 50, 52 and a half right now. The line has moved to three now, so a field goal game. I do think Georgia win this, wins this game, but for some reason something is telling me to take Florida plus three. I don't know what it is. I, I think Georgia is going to win. But I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a really close game. Like I'm talking game winning field goal action. Well, see, I literally like I I haven't looked at the line again since I did the research this morning. Um, and I I said 
Georgia minus three parentheses by the point because I had it at three and a half. And the fact that it's dropped to three, I would get on it now before it gets back to three and a half and you have to buy the point tomorrow. Um, whenever people listen to this, they should. I would just say no matter when you are listening to this, get Georgia at minus three because I think that they're going to win the game. I think that they're going to win the game by a field goal or more. Um, and I don't, I don't think – I mean, you're saying you, you might feel a little sketchy with Florida, but I don't think Florida is worth trying to middle at, like, plus three and hoping for a Georgia one- or two-point win. And I also, like, I completely agree with you on the over because I think that this game um, is eerily similar to what we saw Georgia-Alabama, except for Florida's defense is not nearly as good as Alabama's. and. Yep. It, I think that Georgia is going to be able to run the ball easily on Florida and they're going to be able to hit a couple deep passes in the same sense that like a Texas A&M was able to in them. Um, well, but I, I think you can also go ahead and just, if you're not even willing to take three points, honestly, minus 150 for Georgia money line actually is pretty good value. And I, if I'm riding that, I feel pretty confident thinking that's going to hit. Like for me, Georgia money line would be, like a three, four, or five unit play. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. I especially because you could get into a a, a situation where maybe this goes to overtime or there's always weird stuff that happens at that stadium in this matchup and the scores I always feel like are non traditional. Played at TI Jacksonville. Okay, I thought that game was in Georgia, but wow, what a no, dude you have in Jacksonville. It is in Jacksonville. So there's, there's, it feels like that score is always just something weird. There's always some missed field goals. There's always a safety or something wacky happening there. And so maybe you're on to something, just hammer Georgia minus 150. I like that play. I actually, I have a bonus pick for that game. Okay. So this is like the only, just some weird analysis I have. Because the state of Georgia is taking so long to count their ballots. I'm going to say Georgia off to a slow start. Give me Florida first quarter money line plus 105. Okay. I can <laughs> the, uh, the way you got to that pick is quite interesting, but, and I, I think I want to steer away from that topic in general. <laughs> Dude, no, we're talking about politics later on because that is some of the best bets I've had all week. We can review your Tuesday night. So I, I do want to hear. Week long. We've, been ta- we've been riding these live bets too. <laughs> I, I will say I got swayed by the market swinging and am, 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 not, a, am not a winner after the last two days of developments. Oh no! But we can. Well, keep- I can say I am because we come from two different places, Gabe. <laughs> we can we can discuss that later. I, I'm not I'm not saying that that's that I'm anti the outcome, but I will say <laughs> I, I was on the wrong it's side. It's not what you thought. Hand up, hand up. I was wrong, Jim Calhoun. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Hey, there's still five states that are not closed yet. There's still a lot of room. That's – I'm just – I'm betting on BYU, Boise State tonight. Let's call it good. All right, third game. Number one, Clemson. They're five-point favorites traveling to South Bend, Indiana. It's Notre Dame, the number four team in the country. The over-under is 50-and-a-half. 
Trevor, what did you think of DJ Uyan Galile against Boston College? 342 yards passing, three total touchdowns. Did what he did what his performance showed uh, on Saturday? Does that make you feel confident in taking Clemson at between a touchdown and a field goal favorite on Saturday night in primetime? So here's the thing. First, I want to say, if anyone from Boston College is listening, I hate you. You guys should have won that game. And I'm honestly pretty upset that they didn't win that game because I was really rooting for Boston College to win that game. Second thing is, before Griffin left today, I was like, to me, North or uh, Notre Dame, I originally thought would be the play. And then Griffin just tells me that I'm a complete idiot and that I should be taking – Clemson so I guess I want to ask you because yes the quarter the quarterback did look good I, I don't know how to say his name so I'm not even gonna try you can just call him DJ DJ LeMayhew maybe um <laughs> yeah listen he, he played really well as well as they could have asked him to play but Notre Dame is good and I just personally I I I wrote down that I got Clemson minus five. That might change back to Notre Dame plus five just because. So you're waiting on what I say. Which is what? Well, here's, okay, here's my thought. Yes, I might be waiting on what you say. Clemson is two. Clemson is, Clemson is two and five against the spread. Notre Dame is two and four against the spread. So at this point, neither of these two teams covers very frequently. What happens is. Vegas is really good at setting a number where they get money on both those teams because frequently, especially this year where Notre Dame is playing in the ACC and is part of the conference, frequently they come into these games as mega favorites against bad ACC teams and Vegas sets a perfect line and then Clemson doesn't cover. And rarely are you going to get people betting against Clemson. This is one of those situations where the number is actually reasonable. And I'm just thinking back to personal experience. Every single time that we talk ourselves into Clemson's going to get a close game, Clemson's going to get a close game, Miami a couple weeks ago. Um, North Carolina, last year it was closer than anticipated, but I don't, th I don't even think that North Carolina was expected to do that. But Florida State a couple years ago, all of these situations, it feels to me – like every single time we try to talk ourselves into, oh, we're going to get a close game. Oh, this is going to finally be the time that people actually push Clemson. And then you bet against Clemson just hoping for a good game, and you look dumb. So just take Clemson minus five, and if you're surprised by Notre Dame, you're surprised by Notre Dame. I would rather take Clemson because I think that they're the sure thing. And if I'm going to take two teams that don't typically cover, I'm going to take the better team and – even though he's the backup quarterback, I think Uyan Galile is better than Ian Book. Ian Book stinks. I think at the end of the day, what I'm going to tell myself is you don't get rich betting against Clemson, and that's probably exactly why I won't do that. But I, I maybe, maybe I need to take my own advice and not let that little number by Notre Dame affect what I think. And you're right. Two teams that stink at covering might as well just take the better team the team that's been in the championship game the last however many years. So, yeah, you're right. Ian Book, he does stink. Stinky Book. Yeah, and the only stat that I could find that was positive for Notre Dame 
is that they haven't lost at home by more than seven since 2016. But I think that part of that is they have 100,000 seating capacity, and they don't have that this year. They have, what is it, 15,000 people in the stadium? It's going to be – going to be like a like a spring scrimmage except for they're the lesser talented team and the last couple big games we've had of Notre Dame Clemson Clemson always gets the better hand and the last time that we saw Ian Book in a big game against Clemson which was the college football playoff two years ago he got squashed so I'm taking Clemson minus five I'm also taking under 50 and a half because I think that Notre Dame is going to try to establish the run, and I don't know if they're going to be very successful at it, but I do know that it's going to take some time up and burn some clock. See, I guess, yeah, you're right. But we've also never seen this uh, DJ guy in a prime time huge game. Fair. So that, that's just why I'm so back and forth on it. Like the kid went out and played a, what, a 9 a.m. game? Well, 9 a.m. here game against Boston College, and what, they were down – 21-0, was it? It was 28-10. 28-10. I don't know. North, I mean, Notre Dame, maybe they'll just come out and choke. I like the over 50-and-a-half. I think Clemson's going to do what they always do, which is put up points on the board. I think we just need, like, 20 points. 20 points. Three touchdowns from Notre Dame. If we can get that, I think this, this over is a wrap. I... I don't know if they can get there. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where if you take the over, these teams are going to get into the red zone and then they're going to get stuffed and kick field goals and you're going to be mad. But I'm not going to talk you out of what you not going to talk you out of what you like. Talking myself into Notre Dame. I'm honestly telling myself to take their money line right now. I'm thinking this is where Ian Book cements his legacy. So is that your is that your official? Not after this year. This has got to be the Ian Book game. No, because eligibility freeze. He could come back next year if he wants. I don't know. A lot of scouts are saying he's a first round potential. <laughs> I've not read a single scout say that. That's just what Payne T. Gallagher told me. <laughs> so are you taking Notre Dame or are you taking Clemson? Game time decision. <laughs> As of as of right now, Clemson minus five, that could turn all the way into an alternate spread of Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna talk NFL Week Nine slate. Now we are going. We have a pretty good a pretty good week. Um, leaving Colts Ravens. We'll we can get to that in lines we love if we want. Um, there's a few games. Dolphins Cardinals. I also left off, but we're gonna talk about these three games. I thought that the storylines and and such were intriguing. Although I I do want to, we're not going to pick it officially, but Ravens, let's talk about them because what they showed against the Steelers last week and what Lamar showed again, I don't know why I talked myself in it. it, The the reason I'm taking Clemson is the same reason I should have not taken the Ravens last week, because every time that Clemson plays a big game, I talk myself into betting the other team and then Clemson covers. And every time the Ravens play a big game, except for when they played the Chiefs, I've always said Lamar has been a fraud and take the other team. And then this past week I was like, nah, I'll take Steelers or Ravens minus three and a half. And then the Steelers went and won outright. Like I should have known that they were going to. So do you have a reaction to uh, 
what I will continue to say is the fraudulent Lamar Jackson. Dude, what I'm going to say to you right now is what I tell myself all the time is at the end of the day, you just need to listen and trust yourself. I always go against what I think, and it always comes back to bite me in the ass, as it did you, it sounds like. So I think what we need to do is just trust ourselves and uh, just know that we're some absolute sharps. Lamar, though, he's still the GOAT. He's, he's not a fraud. He's not <laughs> – Listen, is he better than Patrick? No, not even close. Wait, okay, so let's do this right now. How many guys, how many quarterbacks would you take before Lamar? Mahomes, Russell, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Kyler? Aaron Rodgers right now, not Kyler, not Kyler. Whoa. Listen, dude, Lamar won an MVP last year. Yeah, Kyler but, Murray, just a couple weeks ago, went and lost to, like, Detroit. Yeah, fair. You're not going to see Lamar Jackson losing to the Detroit Lions. He lo- Lamar loses against good teams. Lamar loses against the all of the good teams. Kyler, the other week, just beat Seattle. Yes, and he, and he also had- lost to Detroit, and they didn't even play Jacksonville that well. But, okay, yeah, I think that might round out my quarterback. So, if, if I'm not forgetting any. Yeah, because I don't think you would want Drew Brees at this point. I don't think you would – I, you'd have – you'd still be out of your mind to take Tannehill over Lamar. Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Ooh. Dude, honestly, yes, Deshaun. I just think he's in a real shit situation yeah. right now. I do think he's a better quarterback than Lamar. But when, when, when kids are doing what Lamar can do on his feet, listen, he might not be the best passer or whatever. He can – any play, any time that dude has snapped the ball, something insane could happen. Well, and so that's why it, it's not necessarily the same theory where after they got beat by the Chiefs, I was like put the hammer down on Ravens against the Washington football team the next week. But the Colts are just better. Like, they're not a pushover team. But it is a pick em. And so, I would, I would advise taking the Ravens this week. I do think Lamar typically – I don't think it's close. I think you take the Ravens and you don't even sweat it. I think you hammer the Ravens. Yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. But, all right, let's talk the, a team that you absolutely hate to, hate to talk about, the Chicago Bears – Plus six and a half against the Tennessee Titans. Over under is 47 and a half. I'm going to say it. I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the Bears plus six and a half. I am taking the over at 47 and a half. Um, the Titans defense is a problem. And I love Joe Burrow. Um, and he was incredible this past Sunday against the Titans. But I think that. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think that Nick Foles can move the ball against this secondary, which is is not good. Dude, the Bears game? Yeah, the it's Bears. six and a half. It's six and a half. That's way too many points for a Titans team that can't stop people. If you're going to take them six and a half, I just advise you buy a half a point. A half point, yeah. Because – when I see six and a half and two and a half, that is sex to my eyes. 
I love the Tennessee Titans coming off a loss to the Bengals. You're right, Joe Burrow, he's a stud. Listen, the Bears, I don't know what their record is now because they're not relevant anymore, but they're the worst team of whatever record they have. Five and three. Worst five and three team we'll ever see in our lifetime. Listen, they can't move the ball. The offense in Chicago will always be a problem. It's always been a problem. They'll always get carried by their defense. Unless Ryan Tannehill just comes out and lays a stinker on Sunday, seven, seven points, especially coming off a loss, should be fairly easy. Run Derrick Henry down their throat. And then once you establish a run, let Tannehill throw that thing. I love the over, 47 and a half, like you said. That should be easy, easy money. Just, I don't know. I, I like Tennessee. I think they're going to be able to win this game by a touchdown. If it was more than six and a half, if it was seven, if it was seven and a half, I'd be more inclined to take Chicago. But I do like Tennessee winning this game by a touchdown. All right. You convinced me. I'm buying the point. I'm taking Bears plus seven and a half at minus 130 instead oh, of it. You're going to buy a full point. Yeah, I'll take the full point because that, that, that protects me entirely, and I am avoiding the push. So here's – I will buy the point. You will take Titans minus six and a half. The Titans will win by seven, and we will both be a winner. I would love that. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. All right, let's talk. Let Russ cook. The man just filed – for a trademark he filed i think yesterday filed for a trademark for let russ cook he threw four touchdowns last weekend against the 49ers i had the niners in an upset and was not even close to being correct the injury riddled niners let me down seahawks minus three bills the over under is 55 um i talked i talked two weeks yeah two weeks ago about how Russell Wilson was not very good at covering against his division um, and not necessarily great at covering when he wasn't at home. I think it has more to do um, with the divisional. The divisional road games are when he struggles the most in terms of covering. This is not a divisional game, and it's not against a team that is playing very well as of late. The Bills have been struggling. Um, They – you can make a case they should have gone to overtime or lost to the Patriots last week if Cam Newton doesn't fumble that. Um, and then here's the stat. Seattle, 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games played in the month of November. They usually hit their stride at this time of the year as far as gambling goes and backing for the gamblers that take them. So I'm going to take the Seahawks minus three. And it's just never fun to bet unders against Russell Wilson. So I will take the over 55. Tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, you're not at all wrong because you're right. It's not fun to bet the unders against Russell Wilson, nor Josh Allen. I, I'd, I'd love to see both those offenses just put up 30. You're right. I like the Seahawks at home minus three. Bills, after that Chiefs game, I think we talked about it last week. There's just – it feels like something just has been off with them. I don't see them beating Seattle, especially up in Seattle, cross-country trip. Well, it's in I, Buffalo. It's in Buffalo, but I don't think that changes anything. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I really don't even care. Yeah, give me Seattle minus three. Okay. Yeah, I, so we, we agree so much. I think this is a game where we might disagree, uh, just like we did on the Bears. Sunday night football, this is a game um, 
I found it funny the during the Saints Bears game last week when Drew Brees, I think when he threw the touchdown pass to Jared Cook, they flashed the graphic on Fox. Breaking news, Brees broke the touchdown record. He took yeah. it back from Brady. Then Brady took it back from him on Monday Night Football. So I'm really hoping that we get an early Saints uh, touchdown pass by Brees to take the record back and they just go flip-flop back and forth. Uh, Michael Scott vasectomy joke from The Office. And it just goes flip-flop, flip-flop back and forth. Um, <laughs> the Saints are plus four and a half. Buccaneers over under 50 and a half. This is um think if you think I'm gonna disagree, let me go first. Okay. Saints the Saints won, what was it, week one, I think, when they played? Yeah, they did. And it was a pretty good game. Um I, I like the over fifty and a half. I think I think that shouldn't be a problem at all. The Saints being plus four and a half just feels wrong. They I don't care if this game is in Tampa. I, you got two legends going at it. If you don't think you're right, if if they keep just going back and forth and back and forth on this whole touchdown thing, especially during this game, I think it's going to be a close game, and I like the Saints to cover four and a half. You're not at all concerned by how they looked against the the Bears last week, or do you no. think do you think that's just a do you, so you think that's just a matter of everybody that goes into Chicago gets drug into these mucked up games? Yes. Especially, especially a night game that is nationally televised in Windy City, Chicago. No one wants to be playing in Chicago a night game, especially against that defense. Any, I think most of the teams. I've actually, I can't even remember a team going into Chicago and just obliterating them, especially on national TV. It's always just a shit game. I know the last one that was was. Uh the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football week 16 last year when Mahomes had – and that was because Mahomes had the revenge game because they picked Trubisky over him. But, no, okay. Mahomes, outlier. Different. <laughs> Good Different. point. You can't really count that. No one else is like him. So, I, I'm not concerned. I think this is a pretty game – pretty big game for Breeze, pretty big game for Brady and the two teams – especially when it's for the division and all that. It would be a huge, huge win for the Saints, I think. So, yeah, I, give me the Saints plus four and a half. I think they're going to be a little more motivated coming in, especially they need this win. I, I think Sean Payne's telling them they need this win, especially if they want the division. So, I'm not going to talk you out of your pick, but I will say I read a practice report yesterday, and they said that Drew Brees was off to the side – throwing uh, with pads off because I think his ribs hurt or something along that or, or his shoulder. I don't know what the deal is. That makes me sketchy, which means maybe we get some Jameis Winston action, but that would be electric in a, in a little. I'd love because I've, I've had him on mainly every, every fantasy team since the start of the year. He was a must-have draft pick. <laughs> but here's where it comes down to for me. I am on the over just as you are, 50 and a half. Uh, Saints games, the over is 7-0 and this year in those. So that is that has some to do with them. It has some to do with their opponents. But I think that that's a great pick. But I, for the, the, the spread, it comes down to, did I believe week one was a fluke? And I think that it somewhat has been um, when we've seen what the other teams have done 
in what these teams have done against other teams. The Saints were not impressive against the Raiders. They were not impressive against the Bears. They were not impressive um, against Mr. Cover, Cover Teddy Bridgewater a couple weeks ago. I just haven't liked what I've seen from the Saints. I didn't like what I saw from them um, when they fluked out that Monday night football win against the Chargers. And I just like what I've seen from the Bucks. They're four and four against the spread. The Saints are two and five against the spread. So I know it's an unconventional number and four and a half isn't a number you love taking. Um, and it, it feels a little similar to the Bills Patriots game this past week where the Patriots were plus four and a half, the Bills were minus four and a half at home. So I can see the Saints covering. It would not surprise me at all, but I like where Tom Brady's at. I like where he's progressing and he gets Antonio Brown this week. So Buccaneers minus four and a half. I haven't looked at what the odds are, but I would consider putting a little bit on Antonio Brown anytime touchdown score because I think that there's a good chance. Tom threw a touchdown to him last year in the Dolphins game, the only one they played together. I think there's a chance that he throws one to him on Sunday night. I totally forgot Antonio Brown was coming back. Wow. <laughs> Dude, okay. I'm actually going to write game time decision next to that because <laughs> – <laughs> you, you said you weren't going to talk me out of that pick and you had gone the whole time not doing it until that last that last bit well now this this just got interesting <laughs> it just gave me something to think about so all right g it's a gtd for trevor check back see what his picks are on sunday um via our twitter all right let's get to lines we love this is a great segment five uh Five picks that can be from any games that we love. We have our guarantee and our Leafs lock. No, no Peters promise. Uh, I'll ask. I'm giving out a lot of picks just because Peters is gone. Oh, you have extras. I mean, I just keep looking at the board and they just they keep coming in. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get going. I'm gonna start things off with Arkansas money line. They are five and zero against the spread this year and. This week, their spread is basically a pick em. They are one-point underdogs at home against Tennessee. And I will tell you this, Tennessee is not good. Arkansas is great at covering. And Arkansas and, frankly, the SEC, when you can get a home underdog, which minus 105, you're going to say not great. Not crazy good value, but so – I love them even odds. Yeah, it's basically even. So just – Take Arkansas money line minus 105. Tennessee sucks. And you know that Arkansas is going to do whatever they can to either cover the, the plus one, which is, uh, I mean, you don't even need the point. Just take Arkansas to win. Last week, they had an electric backdoor cover. Shout out Scott Van Pelt was on his bad beats. I was on the right end of it. I had Arkansas plus, I believe, 12. Uh, it moved to plus 14 later in that day and they lost by 11 because Rakeem Boyd last chance you star scored a touchdown with 30 seconds left take Arkansas take the hogs um this week against Tennessee I I really like that pick game my first pick when you think big 10 football what do you think unders everyone thinks unders yeah you think of we love uh field position we love running the ball Fading every single thought there. Northwestern Nebraska 
over 54. I'll tell you why. Northwestern, I've loved their offense the first two weeks. Um, I don't I forgot who they're. They just obliterated Maryland. And Nebraska and they squeaked by Iowa. What? They squeaked by Iowa last week. Squeaked by Iowa. Here's the thing, though. Iowa, you know they're always going to have – Iowa always plays games in the 40s, so you, 30s and 40s, so you can expect that. Not the case with Nebraska, not the case with North, Northwestern most of the time, maybe Northwestern. Nebraska, they were able to put up some points against Ohio State. They were. Ohio State's defense maybe not as what is – what it has been these last few years, but still, I like 54. I think I think we should be able to get there. Okay. That's not the game. When when you started down the what do you think of with Big Ten football, I thought you were going all in. I thought you were taking Michigan State, Iowa, under 47, which I will take as my second no, line. That is my next – that game happens to be my next pick. That's going to be my next pick. And because – so if, if we're – I'll give – I'll have I have two. Oh, I'm not right? riding the under. I'm not riding the under. Well, I am. I'm giving you Michigan State and Iowa under because I think that this is a game where there's a lot of running the football. I think that this is a game where it's the classic Big Ten bang your head against the wall, uh, slow paced, lots of punts, and under 47 seems like the play for me in that situation. I think it's going to be eerily similar to the Northwestern Iowa game this past week. 21-20 was the final score. Iowa has 15 points scored in the second half of the last five games they've played in. They have been atrocious at making second-half adjustments, and Michigan State's defense looked good last week against Michigan. I'm just telling you right now, I'm giving I'm giving out seven lines we love because Griffin's not here. That's fine. Give, it, give them all to me, Gabe. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. Like you said, I, I agree with everything you just said about that Michigan State-Iowa game, and that's why I'm taking Michigan State. Plus six and a half, I'm going to buy a half a point just to get it at seven, just in case they're tied and Iowa scores like a walk-off touchdown or something. I like this game, like you said, to be real close, real ugly football some 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 you don't want to watch and I think it's going to be a close game a lot closer than six and a half Michigan State coming off a big win it's it's surprising to me that they're coming off a win against Michigan and they're still still six and a half point dogs especially against an Iowa team that doesn't blow you out of the water they 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 play tough football they don't they're not razzle dazzle put 50 points on you they play close games, so I like Michigan State plus plus six and a half. I like that too, because if you're going to get a Michigan State cover, you're going to get the. It should be an easy cover. I mean, I I completely agree with you. Iowa just they never separate from teams. They always allow people. They play up to and down to their competition, and so far they've played down to their competition because I don't think Purdue's very good. I don't think Northwestern's very good. Um, unless you think Maryland is unreal, which I also don't believe so. Um, all right, my th- third pick is Kansas-Oklahoma over 63.5. I think that the Sooners are going to be able to put up an easy, easy 50-piece, and all you have to do, all you have to do is pray, pray that Kansas can get 14 points. And I think they can. The last time they went to Norman, 
You know how many points they put up? 32. 40. Dang. So that, if they can get even half of that, which is 20, you're easily at 70 points, which is over 63 and a half. I like Kansas, Oklahoma. This is, this is the part of the year where Oklahoma gets back to its DNA. It gets back to putting up a ton of points, giving up a ton of points. And that's why we love November in Norman, Oklahoma, and we love betting overs in that situation. That's why exactly my next pick is Oklahoma minus 38. Because <laughs> you're right. This is where we get back to just having fun, going out on Saturday, just slinging that thing around. Rattler, big-time prediction. Six touchdown passes this week. I can see it. Coming out party, Kansas sucks. They're always going to suck at football. School's already looking ahead. Basketball season, oh, so close. Big game on Thanksgiving, game. Big game. Against Gonzaga. Can't wait to bet that. Give me Kansas, whatever they are. I will, but, I will tell you this. Do you know the stat, though, the, which is why I would support this Oklahoma pick? Well, the fact that you just said Kansas hung a 40 spot last time doesn't really help. Well, okay, but here's the thing. KU's 0-6 against the spread this year. I mean, as, yeah, that, that actually is not surprising whatsoever. <laughs> what a terrible football program. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, Oklahoma minus 38. I think Spencer Rattler and the boys have a big day. At the end of the day, it's not can Oklahoma's offense beat Kansas. By 38 is can Oklahoma's defense prevent Kansas from scoring so they can keep it at 38-plus? Yeah, that is I, – I think that – I think that's a winner, but I will say, I think you're close. It's going to be close. I think you're watching that game with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. I will say that. Well, that's the other thing. You don't gamble to like get easy money. You gamble to like sweat things out and like take years off your life with the most amount of stress possible. So I think you're right. I'm going to be tuning into that one late, late in the game. Yes, you will. All right. My fourth pick Cincinnati minus 13 and a half. They're at home against Houston. Um, Sad. We need to talk about the fact that Houston and UCF combined for a letdown. We will get back. We will get to that in the best worst thing of our gambling weeks. Houston's just not very good right now. They're they're not living up to expectations. Dana Holgerson does not have the Cougars playing very well. Meanwhile, the Bearcats are a sneaky playoff team. They could potentially make the playoff. They are at the point of the year where they're trying to run up scores, three and two against the spread. So people might say, eh, they don't. They don't always cover. They cover more often than they don't. But their last two games, they won by 29 against SMU. They won by 39 against Memphis. I don't see any reason why they can't win by two touchdowns against Cincinnati or against Houston, excuse me. Cincinnati, real good football team. Yes. Really good football team. Uh, My fourth pick, I think. Yeah, fourth. 0-2 Minnesota Golden Gophers need to turn it around this week at Illinois. This is this is a bit of a tough game for me because me from Minnesota, fake ID from Illinois. Both my hometowns going at it. Tough game, but I like the Golden Gophers minus seven. It was a bummer what happened against uh, Michigan week one. It sucked what happened at Maryland last week. There's no way this team goes out and plays like shit against Illinois. 
I think they cover seven. P.J. Fleck going to turn these boys around. It's time to get the boat rowing again. I don't know if the paddles are still in the boat. Like, I don't – I think that – I think that the paddles have been – <laughs> I think the paddles were dropped into the water and have sunk, and they've just – hand paddled back to shore and now they're just done it's over the paddles are put on, were put on the covid uh, reserve <laughs> <laughs> yes they've been they they haven't been sanitized yet they are contaminated and are out for a while um i don't i can't endorse that pick minnesota is so bad right now and i can't looking back and exactly right. but eventually a team is so bad that eventually they can't be that bad anymore so this has got to be that week Maybe. Illinois also has a backup quarterback um, because Brandon Peters had COVID. So we'll see what happens. I Here's a little brother, if, for those who didn't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right. My fourth pick – no, my fifth pick, excuse me, my, excuse me, uh, is North Carolina Duke over 62. Love that. North Carolina, they're only three and three with overs this year. But what I will say is when they get a bad defense, they take advantage of it. Duke is a bad defense. And to go along with it, if you want an over to hit, you need the, the worst team to play with good pace. Duke is top 10 in the country in offensive pace. They run 76 plays per game. They go, they go quick. So by going quick, eventually all they need to do is hit a couple big plays against a bad Duke defense. Um, or not against bad Duke defense, against an average North Carolina defense. And I think Sam Howell's putting up. 45 on his own, which means we just need 17 from Duke to hit 62. I think that this is a game that's going to eerily follow the game flow of NC State, North Carolina. And that game also got over the total, which was 62. So I like North Carolina Duke over 62 in this this Saturday. Really like that pick. I, betting on North Carolina football has been amazing this year. Um, next game, I'm actually – so this this game is kind of like a storyteller of my gambling career. Uh, when I started out, I would often be betting and be getting heartbroken by South Carolina, often, especially when they're at home, always bet against them. I have now learned that it's just the wrong thing to do. So I'm taking South Carolina at home plus 10 against Texas A&M. Not only am I doing that game – I am going to be taking South Carolina money. I'm not sprinkling. I am no longer sprinkling on this team. I'm going all in South Carolina money line. It's burned me too many times to not burn me again. That makes a lot of sense. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no game talks. <laughs> I, I will uh, a little teaser. I have South Carolina in my parlay of the week at plus 10. So I like that pick. I will endorse that. I will endorse that. All right, my next pick, dip a little into the NFL. Uh, I mentioned this as a game that we could potentially talk about. Four and three Cardinals, or five and two Cardinals, excuse me, against the four and three Dolphins. I'm going to take the Cardinals minus four and a half. Here's why. Tua, this past Sunday, he won a game with less than 100 yards passing. I really didn't think he was that special. Um, If the Dolphins don't get two defensive touchdowns and a punt return touchdown – I think it's a completely different game and I don't believe that Kyler Murray is going to just hand over multiple turnovers that result in touchdowns on that play like Jared Goff did um, 
Yeah, Jared Goff was brutal last week. He yeah. he let down a lot of people. Yeah, so I'm gonna take the Cardinals at minus four and a half. I, I like that. Yeah. Honestly, I that's that's a like a four unit play. That's that's really good. It's a uh, perfect time to buy buy uh or it's a perfect time to sell high on your dolphin stock. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I'm gonna go out west which is pretty tough to do when you're in Arizona, but I'm going more out west than I am. UCLA minus six on the road versus Colorado. I came to Griffin Peters last night. I said, yo, the buffs are the play plus six. McKinley Wright, senior year. He doesn't even play football, but it's his senior year. The buffs got to win. Griffin Peters told me no. They lost their quarterback. They lost LaVisca. They lost their coach. They lost their coach. Their coach got bought like a high school coach. So, give me give me UCLA minus six. I think they're going to be able to do that, win by a touchdown on the road. Week one versus the Colorado Buffaloes. If they lose, it's because McKinley Wright's a senior and he's about to go off. <laughs> I think it's a huge day for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, so I, compl- I endorse that pick, UCLA minus six, wholeheartedly. I'm going to stay in the NFL. I, I, I thought when you were saying going to go out west, also PSA, that game is being played in Boulder, which means you're actually going east a little bit. Uh, but I'm call. going out west for the team I'm picking. Yes, good call, good call. Ooh, do you think Boulder is west or east of Phoenix? It's east, trust me. If you drove straight north, you'd be in Utah. You'd have to drive. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're all right, because I was coming down from Denver and ended up in New Mexico. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the the four states that all touch at one spot, which elect- I've always wanted to go. I've been there once. The relatively relatively overrated, I will say. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's just at four corners. Like <laughs> you're, there, you're there for five minutes, the first minute you're like sweet, finally here. After that, bored. Yep, walk around at once and you're good. But not gonna lie, that's what that's what I was like when I went to Niagara Falls. I told my parents, I'm like, it's just water. Like, <laughs> what are we looking at? <laughs> totally unappreciative of being there. Uh yes. All right, but I thought when you were going out west, I thought you were going out west in the NFL. I'm going out west. I'm almost there, almost to the NFL. Actually farther west than Phoenix. I'm gonna take Raiders Chargers over 51 and a half. I think that Love that pick. Love that pick. I think that this is a perfect game in which Derek Carr, you're getting him right after a a mega wind game in Cleveland where it was 16 to six, super low scoring. People are just naturally going to gravitate toward the under a little bit. Um, By the way, you're welcome for handing out Raiders money line last week, people. Good call. Good call. Um, and then Justin Herbert is at the point where he's just slinging that thing. So I think 51 and a half, I think this is a game that might approach 60 more than it would. Uh, it's more likely to go in the sixties than it is to be closer to the under 45. So I will say that. Well, let me ask you then, cause me and uh, Griffin were talking about this last night. I think that this is one of the more intriguing games on this week's slate of NFL games. It's a pick 'em, zero point spread. So, Gabe Swartz, who would you be more inclined to take? The Raiders on the road or the Chargers with young Justin? Um, 
I would take the Chargers. Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning that way too. It's almost like one of those situations where they have – like the Chargers and the Falcons are the same team in the sense that they've blown all these leads. And at some point, like last Thursday night when we were recording the podcast during the Falcons-Panthers game, um, and I was like in the moment realized that I had I had bought into the Falcons are going to choke thing so hard that – it was no longer a good value to take teams against them. And like the Panthers against the Falcons was a bad bet. And that's why I'm not going to give it out, but Falcons this week minus four against Denver is a pretty good bet at home. Um, But the chargers are the same thing where it's like, I don't think that they can blow a game like they did against Denver this past Sunday nearly as like, I don't think that they can do it again. So I would, I would think that they will bounce back. Yeah, I I no, I agree with you. And like I said, I'm I'm on Chargers the over. I I think that is a great pick. Um my next pick, last college pick for me until I find more. Liberty plus sixteen and a half. Oh my goodness. Um I think against Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yep, Virginia yeah, Tech. Yeah, listen, Liberty. Great team to bet on this year. Finally in the AP top twenty five. And they're catching. They're catching 16 and a half. I mean, yes, on the road, but. That's so many points. That is so so many many points. points For a team that's been really good this year. I really like Liberty. And honestly, 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 going to sprinkle. I'm going to sprinkle on the money line. I knew you would. I believe in these boys. I knew you would. That's. Dang, you're getting into my parlay of the week because I have Liberty in the parlay of the week as well. Out of boy, So we have a lot of agreement. I think this could be a huge, a mega. Everybody rides the same. The OGs ride each other's picks, and we have. What happens when you get Griffin out? <laughs> <laughs> we end up in a mega spot. I'm gonna. I don't need to. I don't need to go all in on the analysis um, on this one. I will just say the Gabe's guarantee is doubling down on a pick that we had in the slate in the NFL slate. I'm taking over 50 and a half in the Saints Bucks game. Saints 7 and 0 against the over. Uh Buccaneers are 5 and 3 on overs. I think that that's a game that is back and forth high scoring. Okay, uh Lee Lock, I mean hard to do better than we did last week handing out plus money and honestly what was one of the most thrilling bets I've ever been a part of. I did not think UCF was going to get to 40. It, it was it was close at most yeah. times, if they would. I'm going to take – this is a really weird Leafs lock this week. Giants-Washington football team over 43. Here's why. They played a game, I think it was 20 – it was like 22 to 20, something like that, the first time they played – Ugly, ugly football. I think that the next time they play each other, they're going to have each other a little more figured out. I think the offense will be – both offenses will be in a little more sync than the first time. I don't think it's going to be as sloppy. So, football team, minus two-and-a-half point favorite. I like the over 43. I think that uh, both offenses are going to be able to do a little good this week. So, you bet, I don't know if you remember this, but when we had – when we had the Daily Degenerate last semester, or not last semester, uh, 
last fall, there was a game that I remember looking into, and it was two teams that had really bad offenses and really bad defenses. And I said, sometimes the cure to a bad offense is playing bad defenses. And I think that's the situation with both of those teams. And so playing two bad defenses could really help those offenses. You're, no, you're exactly right. It's, if the offenses can be better than the defenses, we'll get, we'll get our over and very easily. But it, I'm not going to be surprised. It's going to be a light, it's going to be a light risk because at the end of the day, you are betting on the Giants offense and the football team offense to score points, which is not the two offenses you'd want to pick to score points. But, but you also have the outside chance of a scoop and score or a Daniel Jones pick six. Like those. Oh, for sure, for sure. Those are, it's almost getting to the point where the like two best bets in football are like the Chiefs to win the race to 30 and Daniel Jones to turn over the football at one point in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, I was trying to think. Someone, I was seeing, the, I saw the interception prop earlier. I forgot what quarterback it's on, but it, it looked like a lock. Daniel Jones' interception every week is like minus 180 odds. And it's like, yeah, I mean, two units on that. Two units on that is, it's, he's turned the ball over in 16 of the last 17 games he's played in. So that's actually, oh my God, we might have to ride the race to 15 in that game because it's going to be ugly. <laughs> it's minus 115 to plus 115. Who's favored? The Reds, the Washington football team. <laughs> Good catch. Good catch. <laughs> All right, let's get to the parlay of the week. I've already hinted at Can I start? Because I've already – you've already given out two of the picks that I have in it. Yes, go ahead. All right, so my parlay of the week, um, we've been doing this for the past three weeks. I'm one and two, but we are up 4.96 units. This is a four-team parlay. Pays out at plus 1,258. Oh, wow. So, so you might – well, because it's all spreads. There's no, like, safe money lines. It's all spreads. All underdogs, I'm taking the points. I want to get risky with it. We're taking Liberty plus 16.5 against Virginia Tech. We are taking Vanderbilt plus 19 against Mississippi State. There's no way Mike Leach wins a football game by 20 points this weekend. We're taking Kansas State plus 12.5 against Oklahoma State. That is a home game for Kansas State. There's no really way like – Really there's, like there's no way they get beat by two touchdowns at home. And then we're taking South Carolina plus 10 against Texas A&M. Those four teams plus money, uh, plus 1258 odds, because all four of those games are minus 110 odds. Add them all up. You're getting great odds. I think that this is a winner. Um, the game I'm least confident in is actually South Carolina. Um, I would rank the confidence scale in the exact order that I listed them. Vandy, Vandy is one of those where it's so risky, you're, you're scared to do it. But also, Mississippi State is just so bad. The, that would be like the equivalent of Baylor. Well, we've already seen that. Baylor, Baylor being a massive favorite against Kansas, and they covered. So I guess that kind of ruins my logic. But I just think that Vandy, based on the only game that I've watched them play this year, which was against Texas A&M, where they kept it within five 
against a good Texas A&M team. Um, I know that they've fallen apart against like Ole Miss and such, but Mississippi State is such a mess, such a mess. Yeah. I, I I like that parlay, and honestly, I'd tell people that if they're listening, if they want to even be any safer than that, you take like a six point, seven point teaser on all those. I think that is easy, easy money. Yeah, because then if you you'd still be catching plus odds. Yeah, you'd. I think. I think a six-point teaser would be at plus, like, 350 odds. See, and honestly, that's – that is money. Yeah. I, I feel so confident going into the weekend with that. Uh, my parlay, plus 3,100 odds. Whoa. 10-teamer, all money line. Get ready. Ravens money line. It's even against the Colts right now. That one's going to be close. That one's going to be close. Uh, Chiefs, Titans, Cardinals. That wraps up the NFL part of it. I like the Cardinals against the Dolphins. I don't think the Bears come close to the Titans. We don't need to talk about the Chiefs. They win every game they play. Then we got Georgia against Florida. We got we got the Gophers in Illinois. That's UCLA. a little sketchy. Huh? You, you think Gophers it's is a little sketchy? UCLA, Clemson, Oregon – at home for Stanford this year and Hawaii because there's no way I was getting away without betting a Hawaii game this week. First game, 9 p.m. kickoff, we're back. I like, I'm like. i trying to think of where I – I think the two sketchiest picks there is uh, – For me, it's got to be Ravens. Yep. And, I mean, I guess Georgia just because, you know, who knows? Like, Florida – it's just – it could be one of those games. And obviously the Gophers with the way they've played. I just don't – I cannot see P.J. Fleck losing three games in a row. Yeah. I think that it – I think I could very well see that thing hit. And it's, it's, the, it's the same situation where you have those three games where you think it's a little sketchy. It's, it's the same spot as the parlay I gave out last week, which was nine teams, and three of them lost. But they all lost in – relatively close fashion except for I mean the Packers had a shot I guess um but I like that let's do best because we don't have support the troops uh we we started the show with that news let's do best worst thing of the gambling week you can go first um I mean I the worst thing that's happened to me this week, and I guess I can't even – it's not really one thing. My gambling karma has just been terrible recently, just terrible. I've, I've been doing so much to try and get out of it, Gabe. I, I cleaned the whole house today. I gave, I gave some homeless dude $10 on the side of the street. I was like, hey, this is going to really help my gambling karma. I'm doing whatever I can to turn this ship around because – we're only going down. We're only going down right now. Um, best thing that happened to me, though, it was going to be UCF getting to 40. But honestly, your boy laid down a live bet on Biden at, let's see, plus 200. That, uh, what time that was that put in at? What time was that put in at? Um, that was put in at the th- on the 3rd at, at 9 o'clock. Harrison Klopp's calling. Should we, should we ask for a winner? Yeah, let's do it. Bro, what your young gut is doing? Hey, you're on the money line right now. Oh, my God. Have you got your COVID results back? 
No COVID results yet. Okay. <laughs> yes, ASU, whatever they are. Is it like 10? It's a plus 11. Oh, hammer that, guys. All right. All right. Hey, I'll call you back. I will just say this. I will just say this. The last time the Harrison Klopp called into this show and gave one what, pick. I forgot what his pick was. It was it was lay everything on Biden. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's what he did. Was that his pick, though? Yeah, That's that was really what he said. Yep, that was his pick. And right now it's looking good. But, yeah, I laid down on 9 o'clock on, 9 o'clock on Tuesday night, which – were you watching? Were you watching election night? Yeah, I was. I was, and I will be honest. I was. I'm not saying I was rooting for it, but I will say that when the odds started swinging, and it was when Trump went from like plus 200 to minus 130 in like 30 minutes, I may have hopped on Trump at minus 130, and that looks really dumb right now. <laughs> yeah, I I put a hundred on Biden when he was plus 200, so that those. $200 is going to be really nice. I was already on him before. The thing that sucks, so I thought I had this, like, electoral college map to a T, to an absolute T. So I placed $320 bets on the Dems to win by 10 to 29 electoral college votes, 100 to 149, or 1 to 9. It looked like it was going to end up between 1 to 9, which was at plus 3,000 which would have been 20 to win 600. All of a sudden, you got Pennsylvania and Georgia just all turning blue. So basically, the way I would love this to end is Arizona, go blue, Nevada, go blue, North Carolina, red, Georgia, red, and we end up with those one to nine. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Georgia's not going red anymore. Which is, I'm going to lose – and I went 0 for 3 on my senator bets, which sucks. Just sucks. I do know that Griffin had uh, a little bit on Mr. Astronaut Mark Kelly to win in Arizona. Am I correct on that? I would hope not. He was a minus 450. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what Griffin said he was on. So he was cutting it pretty safe. Yeah, I mean – it sucks because I fell into the trap of seeing Georgia being a red state at minus 200, and I was like, there's no way Georgia goes blue. <laughs> Turns out the boys are going blue this year. Shout out Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, I have I have Pennsylvania. I'll win that. They're, they're going to go blue, which is – but, yeah, I, I got to say, David Purdue of uh, Georgia, you suck. Sarah Gideon of Maine, you're terrible. And Cal Cunningham of North Carolina, three losers. All lost, and they're all favorites. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would have given you a good one in, in Kansas, but it would have been minus 450 odds, I think, on Roger Marshall. Like, that was just – I mean, he, he was – I could have told you based on the way that the ads were shaping up on my TV. <laughs> That, that was wasn't going to be a close race. Yeah. Well, it was just it was it was some ridiculous stuff. But I will say the winner, American people, for no longer having to watch ads, and um, maybe you enjoy the outcome, maybe you don't. I don't know what the deal is, but I will say, I will. One thing I'm going to say: every four years, election night in America 
and I guess this week, election week in America, got to be one of the most electric days of the year. Just seeing projections come in, key race alerts. I love that. I, I, I am addicted to election night in America. I had, so I had, uh, I was watching the election um, with Laura and we were, I was talking about this because she was just fascinated by Wolf Blitzer going, too early to call, too early to call. And I said, you know, Wolf Blitzer saying too early to call. He says it so quickly. It's like Kentucky Derby home stretch. It's like a, it, it's a giant horse. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Wolf, dude, shout out to John King. John King is the MVP. Dude, that dude carries. He comes out of his house once every four years and puts on an absolute clinic. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you watch CNN more frequently than once every four years, he's on there pretty frequently. But the man, I, I would love to see see a touchscreen battle between him and Tim Legler at ESPN because Tim Legler, he's not like, I mean, shout out John King because that man was on his feet for a good eight hours straight on he's Tuesday night, right now, and he's still on the TV. Yeah, exactly. But like Tim Legler, during the NBA playoffs, he'll go on Sports Center with SVP at night, and he'll be he'll be using the iPad and he's like drawing stencils and stuff on it. So those two are elite at what they do. Um, I will say best thing in my gambling week, you mentioned it, the first of 40 UCF bet hitting with a minute left on such an unnecessary touchdown had me fist pumping in. <laughs> like I was going nuts. It was, it was absolutely. Gotta be the days you miss not being in Arizona. Cause the room is just electric. What a, when the boys are all right in the same bed and it fine had no business. <laughs> not at all. Not. No. We got it's blanked in the third man. quarter and I was like, it's over. And then the, the night stormed back. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure you had like texted me earlier than that. Like this, there's no way. I, I didn't feel confident at all. The first half was ugly, and I knew that the 82 and a half over was dead, and I was just That's disappointed. That's what sucked, dude. That's what sucked. Having an 82 and a half over and it not hitting. And it wouldn't have hit if they went to 70. It was such a bad – it was such a disappointment. I would say that was the worst, but I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction and say nothing was worse than the Rutgers mega, mega – million laterals getting called back by the big 10 refs that was so disappointing that was almost one of the greatest cover plays of all time because the spread was plus 11 and they were down by 16 when the play happened it would have been an all-time moment and they robbed us of it dude that big man just chucking that ball behind someone's there someone's gotta be there did that did that have any over under complications? What was the score at the moment? It was I have no idea. I it was 37-21, so they were at 58. I think the over might have been 59. So I think that it I think it would have had implications for both, but you rarely see me give out Rutgers plus 11 and then to have it lose in such devastating fashion. I think that the only way that that's that's the way I'm trending toward this Vandy plus 19 pick this Saturday. Like I feel like I'm just gonna get killed because of it's because of something dumb like that. I actually have a really interesting bet that I've just pulled up in front of me. 
going back to politics real quick, will the 2020 U.S. presidential election be called on November 6th today or 7th? And in the little bottom box, it says, if both Fox News and CNN declare or otherwise projects the winner of the presidential election between 12 a.m. today and between today and tomorrow, and the odds are no minus 130 and yes, even money. And honestly, I like, I would think that by the time tomorrow's over, Nevada will have their votes in, Arizona would have their votes in, and Georgia would have their votes in, and Pennsylvania. And if Pennsylvania goes blue, then it's over no matter what. So honestly, I'm going to hand out yes at even money. You just said so much that I kind of got lost. But I do Basically, know that I'm saying the presidential election will be over by either tonight or tomorrow night. Take yes, even money. Okay. Okay. I mean, and you you already have a surplus because you live bet Biden at the correct time. So that was a, a shout out for you. All right. You know, also, I went all in on my account on the election, and none of the bets will go through until everything is finalized. So you have nothing in the account? Oh, no. So they actually did put Florida in, and I put it on that little three-team parlay tonight. Okay. So I got I got 50 to win 137 on that. All right. That's a good play. Well, it was – that was a true OG show. No Griffin Peters. I think he'll nice be to back. Get back to the roots. It was, it was very good to get back to just straight up two dudes handing out winners back and forth. Um, Trevor – if people aren't hit, aren't getting winners, they're not handing out um, tickets that turn to green on whatever choice of uh, betting site that they go to. What should they do? Dude, you need to call 1-800-GAMBLER. If, you, if you're blowing your whole bank account on this, this isn't the right profession for you. Go and get a college degree. You're going to need one. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, again, forgot the number. I should honestly have this thing memorized by now. But all I know is it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's see, 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800. Okay, I typed in 1-800. Oh, 426-2537. Chat now. For I definitely think that that's a different number than we've given out in the past. No, I, I, think, that's, I think that's right. Oh, no. Yep. That, that's wrong. <laughs> that is someone else's number. Do not take that. <laughs> number, the number actually is 1-800-522-4700. That's honestly actually pretty easy to remember. I should have that down. 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-522-4700. Take our picks, folks. We're, we're, we're getting hot. We're getting hot at the right time. ASU football is back. We are getting hot at the right time. It's going to be a good time. Thank you for listening. Follow us for more picks at the money line underscore HC on Twitter. Like, rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find your podcast. We got Richmond Spider basketball coming soon. Very soon. Very, Very soon. soon. Stay tuned. Very soon. College basketball. We will have a gambling college basketball preview within the next two weeks. Um, and then – Thanksgiving week, I will just say, maybe the most electric week in this show's history that you will want to be following the Twitter for the amount of winners that will be handed out that week. Um, they don't call it Feast Week for no reason, and we will be 
your account will be feasting if you listen to us. All right. Thank you for listening. See you next week. I know you're scared leaving this home. You're not that used to living alone. You're not that used to speaking your mind. You're too used to waiting in line. For others, that's okay. Don't think about it. Every single day you do, you do. You don't doubt it. Every minute that you let them win, it's time wasted. Every hour you're not present. I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, don't get too far in your own head when you shout. We'll smile in front of all the things we used to worry about. And I know it may not seem like it, but we figured out how to live on the road.